story of our lives. Thank you, Linda. Linda is prepared so for us to talk about lesbian vampires. Yeah, uh, before we get too deep in the show, uh, Victoria, I am obligated to tell you that I thought your party was going to kill me. I'm sorry. So, okay, for the listeners at home, uh, Tori invited me to a very intimate affair where, you know, there were temperature checks and everyone was vaccinated and it was fine because if I'm going to be irresponsible, I'm going to do so responsibly. The next day I woke up and like, I felt like there was a brick on my chest. I couldn't breathe. You know, I just, I didn't feel good. I had a cough. I was like, this is not good. Uh, Fully assumed that I'd gotten COVID from being out for 10 hours, maybe, because that's how COVID works. Come to find out the Advair inhaler that I used to keep my lungs open was empty. And I've been using an empty Advair probably about a week oh gosh so it is not the covid it is stupidity well i am very glad you're okay because that yes i'm much better now i still have a little bit of like a residual cough but a lot of that also is just down to like the weather changing oh yeah my allergies are on fire right now but i was fully convinced it's like that this is it I, it finally got me. I got the virus. And it's like, you don't have the virus, you stooge. You're a fucking idiot. What do we call it? You got the vids? Huh? I don't know what, because it's like, you don't have the vapors. Do you have the vids? I guess so. But it was just, it was the weirdest thing on earth. And like, the pharmacy had called and everything. It was like, hey, you can pick up, you know, your Advair. And I'm like, oh, whatever, fuck it. I, I genuinely, it had to be at least a week that I was just using an empty Advair inhaler. It was, I, I fully was like, okay, cool. The virus got me. I'm, I'm dead. This is it. Like, and no, you don't have the virus. You have uh, stupidity. So hello everyone. Welcome to Unfortunately Required Reading, where we're going to talk about some uh, arguably lesbian vampires. Yes. We're discussing Jay Sheridan Le Fanu's Carmilla today. And yes. uh, we've entitled this episode really close friends roommates yes. just so incredibly close oh so so close such such loving friends uh it's just really you know i actually i just shared a meme and i think you've seen it where it's like historians well we don't want to say this is a love letter because men often expressed affections differently back then so this person wasn't gay they were just friends the letter in question hey babe i can't wait for you to rob me tonight oh man i love you so much dear husband love half love having amazing homosexual intercourse with you i think of your face every time I, my wife makes me fuck her you are my soulmate i am gay <laughs> and it's like what is it the the one we read the well of loneliness where it's yes. like straight up <clears throat> like oh yeah i'm probably gonna get in trouble because of this letter like it's just it's so funny because like that's 100 percent true about history and everything that it's just oh man they were just such they were such close friends it's like they're there is literally a fossilized dick in this man's ass like what are you talking about well like, i can't remember the name of the guy that i sent over to you today but there is a historical figure who was like a member of the austro-hungarian royalty who became a paleontologist was gay as hell and discovered like tiny uh dinosaurs like yeah like the the best thing that's ever existed 
And it was one of those things where it's like he and his secretary traveled around everywhere, but he and his secretary were definitely partners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, it's so nice that people can have such close partnerships and completely be straight, apparently. I had a really good friend that we worked at a, a company together and they weren't very, they weren't out to the rest of the company. Like I kind of picked up on the vibe, but never really said anything. And they'd always say, oh yeah, my roommate, my roommate, my roommate. So I go to pick them up for an event and they walk out front and they go, oh yeah, this is, this is my partner. And I was like, I know. I think, oh, okay. I didn't know if you picked up code. I go, oh, I pick up code. Tori, you did that to me with one of your guests where it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're one of us. Like, yes, I'm aware. Thank you. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, like, thank you. Yes. I, I, I know our people. I know that technically I'm only half gay, but like, I, I know our people. So after reading some like very weird, uh, I don't mean to say weird isn't invalidating, but like, you know, one of those like gender wikias where it's like all of the possible terminology, a lot of it is too postmodern and made up, but like all of the possible, I'm apparently omnisexual, which sounds like just simply an attraction sexually to Omni-Man. Which accurate because I have severe daddy issues, but <laughs> speaking, we were talking a little bit about the fact that Amanda and I are on TikTok way too often now, but there was this great video of this girl walking up to, um, not an Autobot, the other one, a Decepticon at like mm-hmm. Universal and mm-hmm. she goes, daddy. And he looks at her and he goes, did, did you just call me daddy? she goes you know you like it he goes it does not matter whether I like it or not it is the fact that you called me daddy (laughs) and it was so funny because it was just so awkward you could tell the guy was like I don't know how to respond to this it's sort of it's weird because have you seen the whole conversation around like Adam Levine right now Uh -uh. where okay so Adam Levine used to be attractive I'm gonna go ahead and say that and he's the lead singer of Maroon 5 and uh, there was a concert recently and this lady comes up and like tries to grab him on stage, which oh. like, don't do that just ever. And like his reaction is really like, eh, like gross. Like he kind of like shudders and everything. And there's been like two reads of it. Really only one of those reads is correct. One of the reads is he's grossed out and like uncomfortable because a random woman grabs him. And two, that he didn't like the random woman grabbing him because she's poor in comparison to him. And he didn't like commoners touching him. And that if anything- The fact that that's blatant assault. Right, but but, you know, if anything, he should be grateful that she wants to touch him because it's her money that pays him. To which, um, last I checked, Adam Levine is not an object. He is not legal tender. I, I do not believe he is an item that I can trade upon the stock market. I don't think he's cryptocurrency either. Um, I mean, he might be cryptocurrency. I don't know. I'll, I'll make a note of that to go ask later. Uh, one of you crypto bros, let me know if Adam Levine is also crypto. Thanks. Um, but I do love that, like, almost a Marxist read of it where it's like, oh, he should be grateful to have this woman grab him because that woman is the reason why he is famous. And it's like, you know, you're, you're digging at something, but I don't think I like where your shovel is. 
That's that's like a Weinstein argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sad Amanda noise. And I apologize to any of our listeners who keep hearing me like inhale deeply and snor- basically snort. Um, my body is fighting me with these allergies. Yeah, uh, for those it's of you who, somewhere. for whatever reason, still don't know that we're in South Texas. Uh, the trees are desperately trying to get in one last fuck before the winter, which means that every square inch of human existence is covered in sperm. And Just. the mold content right now is like something out of a horror movie where the mold grows yeah. in the house and takes over the people. And I need to desperately change my air filter because I tried to turn on my heater because, you know, it's a little nippy outside. I've never liked that word because I do imagine it rain- like raining nipples because I'm a <laughs> dumb person. <laughs> I'm a very dumb, I'm fundamentally a very dumb person. Uh, so I do imagine it being like a nipply rain. Uh so I tried to turn on my heater for some reason and it just smelled like burned hair. So now all I can think of is changing. It's there's a nip in the air to there's a nip slip in the air and that's yeah. really uncomfortable. Yeah, I am not, despite you arguing over the dumb boy that I'm no longer speaking to, uh, I'm not a smart person. <laughs> I think you're a smart person. I don't feel like a smart person, but I was told to have a nice life, and that's what matters. Uh, I still think you Matrix dodged a bullet, but... I mean, I I do hate that, like, that, to me, I didn't know how to handle that comment, because I am aware that that's how women get murdered. Speaking yeah. of women getting murdered, do you want to talk about Carmilla? Yeah, okay. So, just real quick, what are you drinking? So I have a bottle of Kai Simone Pink Sky Rosé, which Kai Simone is a black female combat, like combat active veteran uh, winery just outside of the city limits. This is honestly one of the best sparkling rosés I've ever had. I'm not saying go there because it's black female run and everything, but I am saying like it's genuinely some of the best rosé I've ever had. I'm a huge rosé snob because I feel like Remember that one summer where everyone suddenly loved rosé and everyone and their mom was making like fucking prison wine rosé and it was all trash? Yeah. Like I'm a huge rosé snob. This is some of the best rosé I've ever had. And it's out of a Dripping Springs uh, family business beer company glass because out of all the things that I enjoyed about Jensen Ackles' failed brewery, it was the glassware. Wait, it closed? No, I just didn't like it. Oh, I was like, no, I, I did not like any part of being there. I, I'm going to sound like one of those, I air quoted black people, but uh, I felt very outnumbered and not in a way that was comfortable. Gotcha. <laughs> like, it, I'm sure it's a perfectly wonderful establishment for someone who is not me. I am drinking Stella Rose or whatever that is, Red Reserve, and it's like sparkling sweet red wine, which... I love that we both went with a sparkling today. Well, I also have... So at the party, we had fake blood bags full of mm-hmm. vodka and cranberry, but yes. they're frozen <laughs> solid. Well, not yes! There's because vodka doesn't really freeze, but I still have them. So I have one with me for when it 
defrost enough that I can drink the juice in it. So I'm not just drinking pure vodka. I mean, it's been a week for that, though. Yeah, you know, drink it's... drink the juice, Shelby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, had, I had a friend that we haven't really talked in a few years since I moved to Texas, but they had a drink the juice Shelby tattoo on, on his calf. That sounds utterly fantastic. I've, I fully support uh, this decision. Uh, my Drag queens. <laughs> oh, yeah. My eating and drinking notes for this are just porter champagne or something that feels gay and dramatic, which I think we've both met the assignment. I think, yeah, we understood the assignment. So, yeah, oh, yeah we've been on TikTok for too long. <laughs> we've been on TikTok for too long. We're old and we've been on TikTok for too long. <laughs> But at least we know that we're on depressed queer TikTok. I don't like, I don't like that TikTok knows who I am. Like, I really, I guess this is why everyone was concerned about TikTok. Uh, It learned me very quickly. Like, there are people that don't know this much about me. Like, I am a reserved person. I say that. I'm not. I've told friends over brunch that I wanted to get rawed because daddy issues. I'm not a reserved person. Um, I'm not. Uh, but you select but, your audiences. Yes, precisely. Uh, people at Total Wine. <laughs> people at your party who wanted to hear about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you were holding court. <laughs> How does this happen? Because I don't think I'm interesting. You are, though. I mean, you had people enthralled about anti-popes, which is not the first time I've seen that. This is now the second time you've seen me, like, captivate an audience talking about anti-popes. Okay, so I'm going to short story long. By all means, by all means, let's go. Carmilla starts with a young woman named Laura saying that she is setting up information for a casebook written by Dr. Heselius. She talks about growing up in Styria, Austria. Her governess, Madame Peridon and Mademoiselle de la Fontaine raise her along with her widowed father. They are very, very far off the beaten path. The closest village is miles away. Laura, of course, is at that age where she is lonely and longs for friends of her own age. Basically the start to every YA witch book ever. Okay, so Laura remembers something that happened when she was six years old. She dreamed of a young girl's face and watched her crawl into bed with her. And while she wasn't into ghost stories as a kid, she remembers this as the first time she was really, truly afraid. Mm-hmm. So years later, Laura's dad gets a letter from his friend, General Spieseldorf. I'm sorry if I butchered that. You're the one who's in Austria. The general's niece, Bertha Reinfeldt, was supposed to come visit, but she has died. Da-da-da. Um, there's a carriage accident nearby and a young woman and her mother crawl up from the carriage. Laura's father talks to the mother and she says that she's on a journey and it's very urgent. Laura's dad goes, okay, I mean, like, your kid can stay with us until you come back. And she's like, I'm going to be gone for, like, three months. So he's like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. No, my daughter's bored. So everyone is talking about how pretty this new girl is and her name is Carmilla. The doctor Mm -hmm. comes to check her out, and Laura recognizes the face as the one from her dreams when she was six. So she kind of just shrugs that off, which I thought was interesting. Both Laura and Carmilla admire each other's beauty, and Laura thinks that this means they're supposed to be friends. Friends, just just so close. So Um, close. They they get super close. Uh, Laura's a little worried, though, because Carmilla won't tell her anything about her life. And mm-hmm. Carmilla is sometimes overly affectionate and makes romantic advances. And Laura wonders, 
how that uh, Carmilla can feel this way about her since they haven't known each other very long. Mm -hmm. Carmilla and Laura see a funeral of a young girl out in the woods. Laura stays back and tries to pay her respects from far off, but Mm -hmm. Carmilla starts to lose it when she hears the hymns. Laura realizes that she's never actually heard Carmilla talk about her religion or say any prayers, and she thinks that's kind of weird. The two girls buy charms that are supposed to get rid of bad dreams. Young girls in the area are beginning to die of mysterious illnesses. Ooh. With all of the same symptoms. So a set of paintings are delivered to the house. One is a 1698 portrait of Mercala, Countess Karnstein. The mm-hmm. portrait just happens to look a lot like Carmilla. Mm-hmm. And Carmilla sort of just shrugs her shoulders. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, Laura and her dad are shocked by the portrait. And Carmilla asks Laura to go for a walk in the moonlight. Mm-hmm. Carmilla talks about how much she loves Laura, which frightens and confuses Laura even more. Laura mm-hmm. goes to bed and wakes up seeing what she thinks is a large black cat. She feels a sharp sting in her breasts and then notices a female figure at the end of her bed. She's terrified, but she can't get out of her locked room for some reason. Laura tells her governess and Carmilla what has happened. And Carmilla goes, yo, that's really scary. Did you use your charm? Laura starts to use her charm, but she keeps getting weaker anyway. She doesn't want Mm -hmm. to upset her dad, so she doesn't say anything to him and pretends everything is fine. One night, Mm -hmm. she dreams of Carmilla covered in blood, and they discover the next day Carmilla is gone. They look all Mm -hmm. night and find her in the morning. Laura's dad said she probably was just out sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. Laura is examined by Dr. Spielsberg. He finds out about the illness, but Laura tries to make him believe it's really not that big of a deal. I'm fine. General Spielsdorf comes to the house, and he is convinced he knows the real reason that Bertha died. He says that everyone is just too set in their ways to believe him. He takes mm-hmm. them to the ruins of the Karnstein estates, leaving a note, and they leave a note for Carmilla that she should meet them there when she wakes up. The general starts to talk about his niece, advising that just before Bertha died, they'd gone to a masquerade full of super rich people. The general and his niece were the poorest people there, aside from the servants. He talks mm-hmm. about this young woman who had her face hidden by a mask, and her name was Milikara, or Milkara. And she and Bertha struck up a super close friendship. So close. The general ended up talking with Mercala's mom, who asked if her daughter could stay with them for three weeks while she went to take care of something important. The general was like, sure. But then right after, Bertha started getting sick. Mm-hmm. Laura realizes that she has the exact same symptoms and that Milkara sounds a lot like her friend Carmilla. And when they get to the ruins, they run into an old woodsman who talks about how his village was attacked by vampires and that Milkar's tomb was moved. The general says that the doctor who looked at Bertha thought she'd been bitten by a vampire, but was too skeptical to believe it. He hid in Bertha's room and saw a black creature crawl out from under the bed. He attacked- As you do. He attacked. The creature took the form of Milkar or whatever and ran away. For everyone who up until this point hasn't figured this out, the general points out that Carmilla and Burkala are really just anagrams of the same damn name. Baron Vordenberg, a descendant of a hero who once defeated the vampires, helps locate Mercala's tomb. Laura and her dad stop and pick up a priest who performs religious rites on Laura and her symptoms disappear. The next day, they go back to the tomb and open it to find Carmilla inside, covered in blood and barely breathing. They drive a stake through her heart and burn her body. Everyone's now better! but traumatized. 
Laura travels with her dad around Italy for a year, but keeps seeing Carmilla everywhere she looks. The end. Uh, okay. So, where where do we begin with this? Where do we start? If you say the beginning, I'm gonna have to do a violence. Um, I was I was not going to do that because then I have to sing songs. Okay. Yes. <coughs> Let's start with lesbianism and um, the fact that they weren't lesbians weren't really represented very well in the zeitgeist at this time. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I stole the word zeitgeist from a, a video I watched. Let's be real. I love that term. What are you talking about? It's a great term. So lesbianism was kind of seen as a mental deficiency at the time, which up until like the past few decades, it was still in the DSM-4. And we um, have to, and we, I, I hate to be this person. We have to say that for all homosexuality, but right now we're talking about lesbianism. Not to exclude other gays, because I know y'all love to feel excluded sometimes. But that was true for like most homosexuality or air quotes deviant behavior. Press on. So this is kind of one of the start of, of where we see predatory lesbianism in books, um, where this beautiful woman <clears throat> comes in and goes, hey, let me share my quote unquote deviancy with you. I'm gonna get really close. I know you're super uncomfortable with this, but trust me, everything is fine. And right. that actually was something that kind of stayed in culture for a very long time. I mean, heck, you still saw it in the original L word, shade mm-hmm. was considered to be a predatory lesbian. And they were well, always talking about how she kept trying to like seduce straight girls. Oh, flipping women. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, Which it's so, go ahead. I was like, that, that term always pisses me off. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not a pancake. I would not like to be flipped. Um, may keep that victoria you seem very pleased with you can keep that one uh but like that's also i love it because that's like such a genuine concern honestly in a lot of lgbtqia plus spaces uh i've heard it for bisexuals where like we're like sleeper agents just trying to snatch away men and women you know it's it's like oh my god like this is an ancient meme it's like <laughs> like how'd you get attach your wife to snatching people up like that's what it always sounds like when people talk about bisexuals sometimes that like we're just like out in the bushes like every time you hear like a rustle in the night it's like oh that's bisexual you know they're just waiting uh you hear that for gay men a lot but like here's the problem and I don't mean to be problematic I'm kidding like I revel in being problematic I was like you thrive on being problematic oh my god I, I I apply being problematic like with my night cream and just like dabble it under my eyes and like Oh, I love being problematic. Uh, but like, I've heard actual gay men be like, yeah, I love like topping straight men. Like they exist, like that's the problem though, is that they exist. Predatory gays, predatory lesbians, predatory bi's. Like it'd be one thing if this was like totally a fabricated concept by straight people, but it's not though. But to be fair, we also see the same thing with predatory men and predatory women. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, realistically, we're all predators. I'm by no means scape- 
Tori, why would you think I'd scapegoat straight people? Like, literally, what do I gain from doing that? Why would I? So something that I find fascinating around this this time frame and stuff too, um, I think she was actually a little bit earlier than this. Like mm-hmm. Anne Lister was considered to be extremely dangerous, and I've yes. talked about about her on here before. I mean, her nickname was Gentleman Jack, and yes. like there was this whole reputation where she would seduce women, but mm-hmm. like it was always this this cultural concept of oh these women were redeemed be they married half the time they went back and hung out with her again because they're like being married is bullcrap this isn't what I'm interested in but I have to do it because financially I have no other option right like it's so weird because yeah like one it makes Carmilla like very very predatory but also to it frames it frames lesbianism still like in a very heteronormative way because uh, like we have to talk about vampires being sexy and like the phallic metaphor and like the biting and the exchanging of fluids and stuff like that we cannot get past that um <clears throat> because she's not like Elenia or something which is like a definitely like more purely feminine evil she's not Elenia or a succubus or something which if I see one more smut artist do the whole like oh it can be male succubi because it just means above or underneath y'all just want to be deviants and I'm fine with that but like don't try to out demonology me you're not gonna win like (laughs) my dick is bigger than yours you are not going to win a demonology battle against me just you want to be gross and that's fine but like (laughs) because I also want you to be gross with me um but there's still a lot of heteronormative aspects to especially like vampiric women and if anything it typically they're seen as like a threat to men because oh well then it's a man being penetrated because lord knows you can't do that that's an aberration but with women then it's like this double bad because oh she's being penetrated by something but it isn't a dick (laughs) and we can't have that there's none of that that's that's a bad um but I'm, I'm I was, by two I mean there are actual case studies thanks feminism class in college where people in like Puritan times women got caught all the time and they were just basically told here's a slap on the wrist don't ever do it again otherwise you're following Satan mm-hmm. and it was I mean to be fair if you do the comparison and every time I say to be fair now I get that letter Kenny thing in my head of to be fair mm-hmm. um Women, you know, at this time, a lot of times husbands could beat the shit out of their wives. I mean, like, I mean, that is not that is not culturally exclusive. That still happens. Yeah, that, that still happens. That um, still happens. We have laws where it's no longer legal. Not that they, unless you're in Texas. Yeah, I like that we uh, have more uh, lenient laws towards dog ownership and protection of dogs than we do women here and fetuses. Mm-hmm. Venuses get a lot of rights until they're born and then fuck you. Sorry, we got political. I blame wine. I was like, I'm onto my blood bag, so. Also, do we get to talk about the fact that, like, (laughs) the predatory bi lesbian thing is something that, like, is hurled against a lot of, like, bi people? Because I know, like, I've had that experience where, um, after I came out as bisexual, because, you know, I used I used to go to a bunch of conventions. I still go to a bunch of conventions, just not now during the pandemic. Uh, you know, like I'd be rooming with people 
and oh my god like the amount of girls after I came out like formally as bisexual was like did you room with me because you wanted to seduce me it's like no because I would have said it like I would have looked you in the eye and said I would like to sleep with you like I nothing nothing happened so no it wasn't just so I could be in the presence of another woman like I roomed with you because it was cheaper and this hotel has waffles in the shape of Texas so it's just a surprising number of hotels in Texas do I want one of those machines but I also know then I would never leave my house I was talking about some of the dumb kitchen stuff that I have in my apartment and one of the guys that uh, works in the streaming department of the convention I work for was like, it sounds like you just live in a fancy hotel. I'm now really happy I got you the skull waffle maker. I'm so excited. Did you hear about the new toaster? No. So I replaced the Hello Kitty toaster after many, many years of great service. It's still here. It just doesn't work as well as it used to. Um, so I got a new toaster and it has a little warming tray so I can put pastries on top of it and use the to- the heating element of the toaster to like toast my croissants and stuff listen you were bougie okay you were already bougie this is a level of bougie i was not expecting <laughs> he was just like i think you live in a fancy hotel <laughs> I, mean, I have the cereal dispenser i have the warming tray for the pastries he's just yeah it's like it just sounds like you live in a nice fancy hotel like, so there you. are some things I didn't put on themes and symbols that I find really interesting. Um, is the weird, allow it the weird combination of Christianity and pagan culture side by side, which you mean a lot thing of, we do, yeah, which is again because I can't stop mentioning it was and until the USSR was formed a very popular thing in Russia, um, yes. like where the churches just didn't try to get you to stop doing stuff for for Purim and stuff like that. Um, yeah. it's fascinating to me because they go and they buy these charms like ha oh, we got these charms like honestly which is something we still do today oh I totally have, I have well I don't currently but when you're a teenager and you're like oh I got my first set of tarot cards or mm-hmm. oh I got my or I got or even in the catholic church here are these little icons that I'm going to put near a saint please heal my leg um yeah um, I actually have a cross that's covered with them like just because I found it was really cool but it's it's this whole thing of and it's cultural it's all through Christianity we have this Mm -hmm. one god but then we also have almost like a a symbol of lesser gods underneath like yeah um I know most of this movie has been debunked and Bill Maher is a trash person but religious when that was a thing uh this was one of the only statistics that was true in that whole movie was the one about uh, who Italians pray to in a time of trouble. And like, Jesus was like 40th on that list. Like there's so many other like regional and like personal saints that people go to before they call on Jesus. Like, and it's true. There was so much of the church that was in a lot of ways still is very pagan. but you know that fell out of fashion mostly just because the churches would get together and talk and be like yeah that seems sus but what's amazing and i'll I'll never forget this uh, my former best friend he got inspired to be catholic after my mom's funeral and i remember taking him to mass for the first time 
and him seeing all the statues and everything and he's just like is this witchcraft and it's like it isn't but i can definitely see how you would draw that conclusion like we do have a lot of statues and a lot of candles and a lot of incense and a lot of clothes on our priests that all mean different things like i you are not right but i'm not gonna fight you on how you got to that conclusion because outside looking in it looked hella pagan and that's there's actually a book that was published by a couple uh protestant mm -hmm. writers i believe there's it it's called christianity and it talks about you know the culture with incense and the culture with bells and the culture with censors and the culture with you know these large depictions of jesus on a cross mm. and, or if you really really want to screw yourself up and this is probably why i'm in the middle of a uh um of a belief a issue right crisis. now a yes. moral crisis there's a book called when god had a wife that goes all yes. through asherah tradition and yes. how i found out all about simon uh magus outside of uh acts the book of acts where he's in there for like five seconds and he goes how do i pay this jesus to like teach me how to do his stuff and they're like well, first of all no um <laughs> I didn't realize First of all, of an entire other cult, which followed Hermeticism, which Hermeticism has gone down the line and gone into Protestantism, which is yeah. like so many Protestants that I know are more Hermeticists than Christians. Mm -hmm. And they don't mm -hmm. realize it because this mm -hmm. is just what's been passed down through the ages. Mm -hmm. um, and my brain just, I'm sitting there finishing it last night and I could feel like my brain dribbling out my ears going, fuck <laughs> yeah um, but i mean i've read a lot of stuff i mean like and a lot of hermeticism and gnosticism are tied together and then you have like thelema and all sorts of stuff so mm -hmm. it's interesting to me and and i i joke with my husband all the time that texas is turning me into an agnostic um because i see so many crazy claims and things that are not in the bible and yes. say certain things like, oh, no, that would have been in a um, second temple text. Mm -hmm. That would have been mm -hmm. here, here, here. That's from the Talmud. That's from this. That's from, you know, a book that was written by this rabbi in, and it has to do with Kabbalah. Like mm -hmm. most, and I, I know I'm going to anger some Wiccans, a lot of Wiccan practice, Gardnerian Wiccan practice is made up. Well, Yeah. And admitted that it was made up. Mm -hmm. So it's, while it makes sense and it resonates with a lot of people, I'm, it's, it's like, Mark gets to hear me have this, this freak out all the time, where I feel like there's something that exists, but I think we all access it differently. Mm -hmm. And I, like, especially in this book, where you have this mysterious creature, you have somebody who, there literally was an entire Karnstein estate, right? There was this whole thing, but now you have basically a creature. You have something from an ethereal realm. You have something you cannot easily explain into your day-to-day -day religion. So you look outside and say, okay, I'm gonna get this charm or I'm gonna try this, or I'm gonna look at this pagan method that's existed for thousands of years to see if that works. And it blows my mind because it's such a throwaway portion of this book. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even mm -hmm. Carmilla going, 
have you used the charm yet? Have you tried it yet? It's fascinating to me. And I feel like I just a bunch of people's time, but it's really interesting to read into. And it will- no, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's amazing because when you think about it, like, honestly, like, that's just how I live my life. Like, I do fundamentally sort of, like, believe that there is a higher power and stuff like that. Yeah. I just don't think that that higher power has, has a lot to do with, like, human interactions. Uh, famously, from an argument that I had with my family, I said, Jesus does not stop bullets, uh, which was a very fun talk to have with my aunts. Who apparently believe that Jesus is gonna like matrix curve some bullets out of the way. I really like the good place for a lot of this argument as well. Mm-hmm. Where in the very beginning, where uh, she's sitting there and she says, Well, who got it right? And he goes, Well, you know, the Christians got it a little bit right, the Jews got it a little mm-hmm. bit right, the Hindus got it a little bit right. I feel like we latch on to what we think we understand and we hold mm-hmm. on to it i mean that's lutheran since i was like 15 um mm-hmm. before that evangelical i think we go okay this makes sense this is what i'm latching on to because mm-hmm. we don't have that additional layer to understand or it's blocked right no i i completely agree with you and like i mean i still do a lot of witchy stuff while also there's two rosaries next to my bed uh, because again, like in an earlier time, these two, these things were not antithetical. It wasn't antithetical to be able to like read tarot and still have a rosary or something like that. Like those things weren't always antithetical to each other. And I don't think that they should be. Um, I mean, I just wrote this very, very long blog post about the fact that my dad was in a cult and like having to really come to terms with that. <laughs> because at first I just thought like oh this is Christianity like this is what Christians do and then like the more people I talk to about it the more it's like this isn't what Christians do friend like this is a cult and I'm glad that Texas is ruining you because at least for you it gets to be Texas for me it was just trauma it was you know going to the church and listening to them say if anything I should be eager to join my father because heaven is so great I was 12 years old don't say that to 12 year olds I mean, don't say that to anyone, but don't say that to grieving 12-year-olds. Um, <laughs> you know, it was hearing all these messages and being like, I don't understand why you guys feel this way. Uh, but I do love all the charm buying. Um, there are some really, really cool videos about like some of the practical aspects of that stuff. Like um, I'll go ahead and pimp the series, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, which was a History Channel documentary series. That does a little bit of like fringe Christian bullshit where it's like, oh, and he's a televangelist exorcist. You can ignore that guy. But like, especially like the one on Envy talks about that stuff. I'll also go ahead and pimp ContraPoints because her last video on Envy talks about like the evil eye and talismans and stuff like that. Oh, just go watch more ContraPoints. She's genuinely beautiful. Natalie is gorgeous. And you might not always have to agree with her, but like you can't deny that she's amazing her cheek like, Nima, beautiful i'm just gonna throw I, it out there. I think natalie <laughs> is just so she has such amazing like bone structure and i just uh, i i'm such like a simp for like youtube video essayists like i think Lindsay ellis is gorgeous i think she's very pretty 
like oh my god philosophy philosophy tube now that she's you know out with her transition and everything looks amazing not that she did not look amazing before in like boy drag but like she looks great everyone looks so good it's not fair it's not fair how good everyone looks love it is ring lights and makeup and attention to detail i told you about my pretty light didn't i yes uh to the listeners at home uh my aunt when she learned that i have a ring light she said oh amanda has one of those pretty lights I, jokes, on, I, jokes on you i have two now i don't do pageants anymore but when i would go i always bring what the yammy crowd affectionately started calling uh the mary poppins bag yes. so i have a ring light in there i have pins i have boob tape i have mm-hmm. all sorts of band-aids and stuff just as backup because mm-hmm. the thing that i hate is seeing a 15 year old who is doing this because her mom wants her to do it mm-hmm. in chronic pain because of heels and i'm like girl sit down we're gonna hang out hey, what do you give me just one second because apparently someone's knocking on my door okay that's Enjoy an interlude I'm going to pause. I'm sorry. What happened? So Michael's, uh, I placed an order with Michael's and apparently they got delivered to one of my neighbors. Uh, I did not know things were set to be delivered today. I apologize for that uneducational interlude in which one of my neighbors frantically was at my door with all these Michael's boxes. Also, I ordered a bunch of things. And I didn't think that they'd be like delivered individually, Michaels. It's not sustainable. I have too many boxes. I am very tempted to go and buy a bunch of, of Halloween stuff because uh, the supply chain issue I have a feeling is going to suddenly like have this whole deluge of Halloween. Did you stuff not see my Italian bird feet? You're what now? Okay, so I bought a coat rack and it has like raven feet. Yeah. Uh that went on the shelves 70% off. So I, I got it for like $11. And I, I part, okay. This is the funny thing is I feel bad for employees mm-hmm. at these, these jobs. I feel bad for employees at these jobs, but I'm like, oh, for babies. But at yes. the same time, I'm like, use your employee discount and get everything you want. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's honestly, that's going to be me tomorrow is just prowling for Halloween stuff. And then you do not want to see me come the first. I'm absolutely just going to be a fucking scavenger. Well, feral. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I feel like we need to address PTSD and trauma in this because we do for everything. Do we? Do, um, do we though? I find it so fascinating that Laura is coping for her lack of a mother by trying to protect her father with I'm super okay. sick, but I'm also mm-hmm. so used to dealing with the fact that you are lonely and a widower that I'm not going to tell you anything's wrong with me. And the fact that she starts talking about, oh yeah, when I was six, this really horrible thing happened. It wasn't that really that big of a deal, but I saw this face this time. Mm-hmm. And it's the downplaying of emotional trauma, her physical trauma and things like that, that mm-hmm. I, I'm fascinated by the fact that Lefania was able to capture that like able to be like hey and when you kind of see his history you kind of see why he was able to do stuff like that but it's it feels very genuine to the female experience it Mm -hmm. feels very real to things that I've done things that Mm -hmm. friends have done to you know 
make it so their their single parent does not worry about the situation. I'm yeah. okay. Everything's fine. Don't worry. I'm getting tormented eight hours a day by my classmates, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting an education. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, relatable. I have a name. Like very, 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 very relatable. Um, vampire girl for my entire freshman year of high school. And the funny thing is, looking back, I'm like, huh. I could have made that into a career. Oh, oh well. And all those people, yeah. they're not friends. I don't have to worry about them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're you're right. It is a pretty good depiction of like PTSD and trauma and like the way that uh especially after losing a parent, you sort of like overcompensate uh for another parent. Except for me, in which I didn't have a good parent, so I didn't overcompensate for her at all. Um so fun. Okay, so I haven't given you your uh, story from therapy yet. So I had therapy and I got to tell the story about uh, the one time that my aunt said it was my fault that she's not married. What the? It's my fault. It's my fault. I did it. Uh, She said that I had issues with men after my dad died, which I didn't. Uh, But she said that it's, it's, it's my fault that she's not married. And I told this to my therapist and he's like, do you harbor any guilt from that? And I like deadpan, like I almost shit myself. It's like, should I? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm making sure that you're okay. But like I fully was like, oh fuck, was I wrong all these years? I thought I was doing the right thing. I was, oh my God, I about like shit a brick. I was terrified when he was like, do you harbor any guilt from this? It's like, no. Am I supposed to? This is one of the I so actively always talk to my daughter and be like, mm-hmm. you know that your mom and dad breaking up is not your fault in any way, right. shape, or form, right? Yeah, I know. You know that you're beautiful and wonderful and you have two, well, official step and technically, he, honestly, I just count him as a stepdad. I'm like, you have so many people who love you and I go right. I think this is really just you know you got bonus parents out of this this is yeah. where you're supposed to be and, but I mean I still see it because I see a lot of and and you know we project um but oh, I yeah. see a lot of myself in her where she gets nervous and uncomfortable. Yeah. I have to be like you don't need to apologize to me for being you you don't need to apologize mm-hmm. to me for something that's an accident Mm-hmm. You know, if you spill something you clean it up and just say sorry about that and you mm-hmm. know we let it go don't let it ruin your whole day right you don't need to hold on to that and right I mean I, I this isn't my mom's fault obviously but I spent so much of my childhood being like I have to be as quiet as possible and do everything perfectly so mm-hmm. my mom doesn't have to worry which is his no I had fear for that <laughs> my mom told me she's like I don't care if you get straight A's. She was, I really don't care. Are you doing your best? I'm like, yes, ma'am. She's like, that's all I ask. She's like, I'm not going to you if you bring home a B. And I'm like, no, I have to get A pluses and everything. And she's like, I swear to God, that's not, that's not what I'm That sounds for. so nice. I had fear for that. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it was, it was really, really funny because my, especially because my aunt was just not right. Like, I get where her head is kind of like, oh, you know, dad died. 
know, that I might have like a thing against men. No, I desperately had daddy issues. I was fine with it. And then she like tried to bring up my mom. And I was like, well, you didn't like any of them that your mom was like, my mom was dating someone who sold crack. It had nothing to do with my mom dating. At 12, I totally understood that my mom needed male attention. I was fine with her dating. I was not fine with her dating someone who broke into our house, stole my television, and sold drugs. Yeah, I can't think of any kid who would be comfortable with that. Yeah, but like she she took that and was like, well, that's the reason I'm not married. I didn't want to bring a man, you know, into your into our lives because I didn't know if you'd be comfortable. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? There are certain members of your family I will fight for, okay? <laughs> that I will like protect like precious baby angels. There are certain members of your family that I'm no, like, that you will fight in a parking lot. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm invited to the cookout, I will bring potato salad that does not have raisins in it. Okay, I know better, I know better. Yes. But also I'm very protective of you. I've noticed. I'm I've like, noticed. I have, I have bubble wrap. You're like, yeah. I don't need bubble wrap. I've uh, already fought off all these bears. I'm good. Yes, now. this is true. This is true. But like, it's it's one of those things that like, yeah, I, I can see that. I didn't live it. I've been watching Tori like drink some of my back and it's very entertaining. It does. Oh, it's it's all the, it's at the end now. Like, I, it, it does like, feel like those, uh, those videos of bats eating fruit and they're just like having a great time. Uh, <laughs> just. I watch all the videos with the kinkajous. Um, I don't I don't like how many of them are kept as pets it really upsets me because they're not supposed to be pets like it's why I stopped watching um oh god I think it's like Dr. K like exotic animal vet or whatever she's a Florida woman of course she is and like she takes care of exotic animals and like for a while I was okay with it when it was like you know lizards and stuff like that but it's like oh, this is my lemur. I have 15 of them because I watched Madagascar once. And it's like, that's not supposed to be in your basement. I am fully supportive of the people who take care of animals that cannot be released back into the wild because yes. they would die. 100%. Yes. yes. Who take care of possums and raccoons and stuff like that. Yes. I will support your choice as long as that animal is not healthy enough to go back into the wild or has yes. been conditioned to a point that it can't go back into the wild. Yes. I get that. Support yes. that 100%. Yes. But I also will not go out and be like, oh, hello, little raccoon. I see you with your family. You're coming into my home now. Okay, but also, you know that I would shun you immediately if you said that. Do I want to pet raccoon? Desperately. Do I like if you, if you sent If you yes. sent me a message like I did with Duncan, the, the trauma-bonded bird, you know I'd fight you. Like, what? I will, I I will give treats and food to yes. the stray cats in our neighborhood. No Same. problem. Am I trying to convince them to come live with us because my Passive husband adopted another cat? Yes. Yes. Did they actually come into our house? Probably. No. There was a beautiful black kitty in our backyard and I was like, oh, hey. I don't know if our listeners can hear all the uh, fire trucks and stuff in the background. I can, so they probably can. Okay. We live very, well, not to triangulate position, but we live very close to a fire station. I live very close to a bunch of hospitals and every once in a while I will get a plane that comes in too close. Uh, I will say this though. Uh, I, I did like this as like a story about like PTSD and trauma and then using like witchcraft and stuff to not have problems anymore, which I think is what we try to do with like gay, lesbian witchcraft and shopping. 
I was gonna say, have you have you been on Witch Talk for like the past week? I I live there sometimes. Though I don't understand all of the like cottage core stuff. I guess it's because I'm black. Like like some of like the foraging stuff is just like I don't want to die. You're like that was survival. Okay. Not just that, but like it just seems like it seems like one of those things that I. Mm, hashtag gatekeep hashtag girl boss I don't think that everyone needs to do everything no and I think I think once you figure out what path you want and what you want to do go yeah because everybody like, I criticize you anyway so why not because I because I'm, I'm I firmly am rooted in like I trust experts and like while I love foraging TikTok and stuff like that I do not trust a single unwashed bastard to go into the woods and find a mushroom that doesn't result in their dick falling off and them dying. Like, I don't, I don't trust myself to do that. If they're Russian, it's a, it's a common thing. Ukrainian, same. You go out to the woods and you go, I know which mushrooms I can eat and which ones will make my dick fall off. Um, yeah, but I'm talking like the American ones where it's like, oh, go out and forage. It's like, no. If you have that expertise, boy, how do you have fun? But if exactly. you don't, please study before you eat that mushroom you find at the park. Exactly. And like, that's what I mean. It's like, I know that like a lot of these videos are like trying to be educational and stuff like that. If you're concerned about my hand gestures, I'm trying to get the rest of the paper off the wine. I just realized I was like casually sawing and I didn't want you to think that I was doing like some Sweeney Todd shit. I do have a saw coming in the mail. I bought my book. Yeah, yeah, because you're doing work. I bought my first saw. I don't really know how I feel about it. I just didn't want you to think that I'm like over here filleting someone casually. I got uh, the best text from Amanda that just said, do you have a saw? Also, I will explain, don't worry. And okay. that was, I laughed so hard at that. We have both watched a lot of Deadly Women. Yes. Has anyone ever received a message that starts with, do you have a saw? And it ends normally or well. Here. How many people have received a message that starts with, do you have a saw? If you weren't super into crafting and resin art and stuff like that, I would have worried. But you also just made a coffin cheese board with handles. Cheese board. I did, I did. Which is beautiful. More are on the way. So if you want one, uh, hit, hit your girl up. Uh, but yeah, I... I do remember in college once there was like a grasshopper or something in my dorm room and I'm very, very afraid of bugs. So I called one of my guy friends and I said, um, I need you to do a big favor for me. And he's like, I'll clean the trunk. And like, not even joking, like deathly serious. Like he was just, he was like ride or die ready. He was like, okay, I'm assuming something terrible happened. Let's go. And I'm like, I just need you to get this bug out of my room. But like, thank you for being ready to like hide a fucking body for me. That's, that's like aces, bruh. Like, thanks. I haven't even slept with you. That's really cool. <laughs> Mark and I fight. Sometimes I leave out this Agatha Christie guide I have to poisons. But the truth, is, he, he tells me all the time, he goes, babe, I'm pretty sure you could murder me and get away with it. And I said, yeah, but I wouldn't do it because my hair falls out all over the house. So he's like, oh my God. Um, but anyway, we're, I'm never actually going to kill my husband. Just if, so if the FBI is listening, um, anyway, I love that that's the concern. 
not everything else we've talked about for the last what almost three years of this podcast is that you know how funny it is we've been doing this for like three years how have we been doing this for three years um alcohol trauma yeah so I'm going to tell you a little bit about the text in uh Joseph Sheridan Le Fenu so he's always written as and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly that's the best part um Jay Sheridan Le Fenu he never went really by Joseph it was just like what he was named he was born in Dublin August 28th 1814 his Mm -hmm. family Mm -hmm. was already kind of known in the literary scene as his grandparents were playwrights his mm-hmm. grandma was Alicia Sheridan Le Fenu and his uncle, Richard Brinsley, Sher- or Brinsley Sheridan. His mm-hmm. niece, Rhoda Broughton, became a novelist. His mom wrote a biography of Charles Orpin, who was a physician and clergyman in Dublin, who mm-hmm. founded the Claremont Institution for the Deaf and Dumb. So just so y'all um, know, deaf, obviously, we know what that means. Dumb meant we do. talk. But today, dumb has kind of come out as everybody kind of goes, oh, it just means you're stupid. It's not what the meaning is, but that's- is this like some eugenics calicac stuff? I don't think so. I think he actually really helped these people from what I was reading, but I meant more like just the terminology. Probably. Do I have to explain the calicac family? If you really want to. I'm not gonna say go Google eugenics because it's not fun. And if you find it fun, I don't want you listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be friends with you if you're like eugenics is the best. Yeah, uh, but the Calicacs were basically, it was a racist and just gross study about what is probably a group of neurodivergent people that was used to explain why the purity of races was good. Uh, Eugenics is bad in every single form. The only thing that stopped Charles Lindbergh from being a eugenicist was uh, liberating one of the Holocaust concentration camps. I like to play this fun game where I look at the list of all the people that they uh, gathered for the Holocaust and realize that at least four times over I'm counted on that list. And then I decide that it's time to walk away. Okay. Yeah. Oh, did you see the TikTok of an influencer doing like raunchy model poses on the Berlin Holocaust Memorial? This happens more often than I would like to admit. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, it happens a lot with Americans. Mm -hmm. um who don't necessarily understand the area or Mm -hmm. take it into consideration they just say Mm -hmm. hey look it's whole area i can take pictures in um Mm -hmm. there have been multiple people who have been caught at auschwitz taking like portrait photos and i'm like why why i I almost fought with some girls at my university because we've like one of our mandatory field trips is going to dachau which great idea weeks after burying your mom excellent fully recommend visiting a concentration camp like four weeks after burying your mom very good decision I made there uh and I legit almost like threw hands with some girls from my university who were like let's pose in front of the sign for the entrance and it's like I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you but then I'm going to go to jail in Germany and that doesn't sound fun uh yeah also to every gross cosplayer that has ever like gone in costume like in a nazi uniform to a holocaust memorial just know that i see you and i will slash your tires uh there have been too many of you frankly too many in texas uh if i see you fucking around with that i have power now i 100 percent will slash your tires and i will do it again call the cops a cab 100 support this which 
normally I'm like, let's not fight people. Have I gotten an A cab in like every episode recently? Oh yeah. Fuck yes. No, don't don't feel bad. I was at a meeting on Thursday where as soon as a gentleman left the meeting, an entire room full of women said, I bet he's a fucking liberal in front of me. And I had because it was work, I had to keep my face straight and not say, I'm a bisexual bitch, motherfucker. Wow. Like I wanted to bring out bisexual finger guns so bad. Me in the funeral industry. I literally wrote down verbatim what they said and sent it to my boss and said, hey, I know we're thinking about terminating these people, but anyway. um, It's like me 100% not killing, not killing. It just means canceling their contract just in case. I didn't have questions about that. Also, have you seen that uh, video essay I sent you about the Kenosha attack? I have not because every time I see that fuck face, it makes me so mad that I want to throw things and, uh, I saw the whole thing about the court saying that they can't refer to these poor victims as victims because mm-hmm. it might sway the jury emotionally. And I'm like, it should because it's fucking murder. Uh, my, my favorite part, and by favorite, I mean it made me want to just like leave the country, was uh, one of the guys in the militia saying, oh yeah, the cops sent you know the protesters right to us. And then the sheriff saying, no, I didn't know where the militia was. And then also video evidence of the cops giving the militiamen uh, water and thanking them. Mm-hmm. Also, secondary aside to Austin, where there were actual Nazis doing Nazi shit off a bridge, and we have photo evidence of said Nazis being high-fived and thanked by, thanked by the police. Is this the part where I need to throw in that people who follow Norse mythology are not necessarily <coughs> white supremacists, but unfortunately, the ones who are are very vocal? Yeah, this is a good aside for that. Do you want to keep talking about a frilly yeah, uh, Irishman? So the Lefanews were <coughs> in financial difficulty. Um, his dad was a pastor. Um, they acted like they were very well off. So his dad took a lot of jobs and rectorships and lived off the tithes of people who donated to churches. And this went great until 1838 when the Irish government said, you know what, rectors are going to get a fixed sum. You know, people are going to, everybody's going to put in towards this. So Thomas Lefenu, his dad, had to borrow a hundred pounds from his cousin in order to visit his dying sister in Bath. Everyone mm-hmm. in this family was super in debt. And when Thomas died, the family had to pay off his debts by selling off his entire library. Mm-hmm. Sheridan went to Trinity College in Dublin what what which Trinity is amazing y'all um like many of the authors we've talked about he studied mm-hmm. law because he was encouraged by his family in his case he passed the bar in 1839 and then abandoned it for journalism which seems to be a really popular story from what we've read yes his first ghost story was called the ghost in the bone setter and it was published in 1938 in Dublin University magazine He ended up later owning the Dublin Evening Mail and another magazine called The Warder. Sheridan married Susanna Bennett in December 1844, and their daughter Eleanor was born in 1845. Their Mm -hmm. second child, Emma, in 1846. Son Thomas in 1847. Very prolific. And then we have a few years and the last son, George, in 1854, which I'm guessing was an accident. Um, In 1855... You can't describe that. So in 1856, the family moves into Susanna's parents' house because they are broke, right? Mm-hmm. His parents went to England to retire. Sheridan never actually owned the house that they moved into. Mm-hmm. Uh, he struggled to pay rent on it 
every single year to his brother-in-law. Carmilla was written about 26 years before Dracula was started by Bram Stoker, and a lot of Mm. the influence from this is in Dracula, which which we talked about in our Dracula episode, so... Yeah, um, discuss in comments, uh, civilly, how much was stolen... And do we owe Lafayette uh, some rights there? I feel like he is yeah. owed some royalties. It felt like here's entire passages lifted. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I love Bram Stoker. These bo- boys were both Irishmen, okay? But still, one of them got more credit for things. For sure. So Susanna, his wife, uh, started to suffer from severe anxiety because she had very close family members die, a lot of them. She had a total crisis Dude. of faith. Um, where she ended up having these big conversations on religion and went to multiple church services Mm -hmm. and then she and Sheridan started having very bad marital problems because Mm -hmm. she's like I can't fucking do this Mm -hmm. she unfortunately had a full-on breakdown in 1858 and died the very next day from unclear circumstances which I have with air quotes murder Uh, he Sheridan did not write any fiction from then on um, until after his mother died in 1861 because you know family trauma yeah he died of a heart attack in dublin on february 7th 1873 and some believe he died of fright which i think is weird but somebody was talking about it so here's the thing this yes. story <clears throat> ended up becoming popular enough to be adapted multiple times often by hammer horror which i love um yes has shared some of them so if you're using that streaming service that's an option they mm-hmm. don't have these which i looked for before we started our podcast so they ended up adapting this is before hammer horror in the 40s there was a version called vampire which is v-a-m-p-y-r mm-hmm. um and they eliminated all the gay or they tried to so yes. unfortunately that involves carmilla but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense mm-hmm. um hammer horror did one called blood and roses and that really went for it and it's considered to be one of the most accurate adaptations mm-hmm. there is lust for a vampire and twins of evil which expands carmilla's family history so mm-hmm. if like really into that one of the most popular versions and i know this because of my friend nico is this web series called carmilla which mm-hmm. has laura basically in college because i started to watch it and it's super cute um and her roommate betty short for Bertha goes missing Mm -hmm. so directly from the book and this girl named Carmilla moves in and is her roommate and the show basically redeems Carmilla makes her have a functional happy healthy relationship they're both lesbians it's wonderful um they made a (laughs) spin-off movie with NBs in it too so yay non-binary people get to be there too yay Um, and Carmilla also evidently features heavily in Castlevania I will say I've never watched Castlevania. <laughs> you have opened up a whole ass can of worms. Tell okay. me because I don't know. I don't know anime very well. Uh, video games. Uh, video games. Sorry. They made a show on Netflix. That's where my brain went. And I have opinions on that. Uh, so basically, Carmilla is like the very, very uh, devout uh, lady friend of uh lord dracula lady well okay that's what my dad used to call all of my uncle's girlfriends well but that's the thing it's not really reciprocated because dracula 
basically found this human woman and he's like i really want to fuck this human woman for some reason it's like a whole like beauty and the beast thing almost and that's how you get alucard who's like your usual like main protagonist he's a damn fear or a half vampire um and then dracula's wife is murdered by uh almost like various reasons it's usually like something like vaguely church related because you know you can't fuck vampires and have like half vampire spawn when there's a catholic church around and that like dracula just goes insane like he hates humanity he curses it you know humanity is what gave him and then took away his only love blah blah blah. carmilla is a vampire who very much wants to get the fuck from dracula and um yes get the fuck from like i'm sorry i'll be over here laughing you continue honestly i did steal that from age bomber guy because he says that during his sherlock video where he's talking about moriarty and sherlock and he says he wants to do the fuck on him and that's something that i think is still one of the funniest lines on earth uh now in the anime adaptation carmilla is like a duplicitous sex monster who wants to like overthrow all of vampire kingdoms because she thinks that dracula is a bad leader which i mean he is He's also like way more like just depressed and sad because he misses his wife and stuff in the anime. I have some feelings about that, but if you want to ask me on Twitter, I'm more than happy to answer. But Carmilla is featured. Uh, I don't think she bears any resemblance to this Carmilla because she's in no way a lesbian or cares about humanity or even really anyone. Uh, She is a vicious murderer who desperately wants Dracula's dick. Also, a similar issue with Dracula and Alucard where all Lucard is Dracula backwards. And I told that to a friend and he like had to spell it out and he just like laid on the floor. He was so mad at me. He was clearly apparent. I guess he just never put it together like until I said it, but he like had to like actually spell it out and he was like laid down. He's like, I hate you. It's like, this is, I didn't make this. Like, this was, I know it's clever, but, like, this is not my fault. This is not my doing. Please but, like, that says duplicitous sex monster. Opening up the software now. <laughs> <laughs> because. So, we were because, joking yes. about this earlier. We, we've basically answered this, but there's a whole, <clears throat> is this gay or not gay? It's even, gay. Even Wikipedia says it's gay. Wikipedia, but I mean, also Wikipedia sometimes says that the earth is flat. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. I remember every college professor being like, don't use Wikipedia. And then you use it as a jumping off point. You find all these other things. Yeah, Wikipedia is a great like secondary source. I don't think, yeah, I don't want it to be a primary source, but Wikipedia is a really, really good secondary source. So I don't know how to tell people that a lot of what we read on a regular basis and think is fact is often just the only copy of some sort of history that survived. Not false. Uh, I mean, realistically, at this stage, none of us know what history is because it's all just been written by like colonizers and white people. And not to be rude, but I just, I sent you an article about a white wedding that was invaded by bears and no one got away and ran and they just took photos i was watching it and i was going this isn't in russia this is yeah. people believing that this is like a forest spirit these are just people who did not want to get up from the table right so like, i so 
like so respectfully yeah so respectfully i don't exactly trust the opinions of white people (laughs) y'all have historically showed poor judgment by the way i always mention the whole mary magdalene thing about how she was discussed as a prostitute that was pope gregory the first it was and officially the catholic church withdrew that opinion in 1969 they did but a lot of individual priests haven't no nope. so so that's the problem with the church and i honestly just had like the longest conversation about that with someone where it's like the church is evil and they did all this and it's like yeah but like that's not my fault <laughs> oh no and i don't blame you for oh i know you don't but like that's all it's so frustrating because it's like well the church did this this and this it's like you are correct also i had nothing to do with that we're still teaching people that martin luther actively nailed his objections to a door he did not he wrote something he passed it on to his superior who went what the fuck and passed it on to his superior and a bunch of people and it caused problems and then the rumor started that he nailed it to a door i mean and then there were also uh, the defenestrations of Prague, which are the best things on earth. Every time you say defenestration, it's you. I, I just say that at the party you were talking about. It, you're like, this is like my favorite word, or something. it's one of my favorite words. And I was in the court cracking up. It's a dumb. It's a, it's such a beautiful word that means something so violent. Uh, for those of you who do not know about the administrations of Prague, there was an issue over religion, because of course there was. And the best way to solve this issue over religion was just throw people out windows. Uh, the word for that is defenestration. It was so prevalent in Prague during this time that it got a whole ass name. I would like to start calling it the yeeting of the Lord, but apparently I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> the yeeting of the Lord. Am I not allowed to say that? I have... I don't know that I have anything else to say. <laughs> is that not what it is? It's I mean, a, it's 100% it's a accurate. For Jesus. It's, it's a eating for, for Yahweh. Like, what are we? Yeah, like, it's, that's all it is. Like, it's just sometimes you just got to eat someone out the window because they don't believe what you believe. I am not advocating for defenestration, especially not over religion. All of it's made up. Uh, Tori, did you have to read this in school? <laughs> I didn't read this, but it got brought up every time we had to talk about Dracula in college. Um, I be- believe it or not, I actually took a vampire course. I'm sure half of you have heard this before. We um, have, and it's still very interesting. We didn't read this in class, but it got referenced. Yeah, um, I had not read this in school, but I've read it for fun because of course I have. Yeah. Because because out of all the things about me that check, this is it. I've read Carmilla of my own accord because I can. Don't give me access to human money. I never make the right decision. I think you make excellent decisions, but you and I also have uh, very similar tastes. So We do, and like my very, very fancy toaster. You're more... Japanese centric and I'm more Russia centric. So, yeah, I really like 
Okay, so I've becoming a bit of a dice goblin. I never thought this day would come, but I'm officially becoming a dice goblin. There's a company that makes a blind bag of dice and they're all made out of semi-precious stones. And I've never wanted something more in my life. Like it scratches every part of my goblin brain. And I want them so much that I also know that I will go broke. Quick question for you. If we started yes. a D&D game, because Brianna definitely wants to play, do you want to be part of this? Sure. I think I said have... that while we were drunk at your party. Yes. I've never played D&D in my life. I checked out the Dungeon Master's Guide from mm-hmm. the library. That mm-hmm. is how committed to this I am. Please also appreciate the last time I talked about D&D with someone, I said, I'm not really nerdy enough to have played D&D, only then to get slapped in the face by saying, didn't you play Vampire the Masquerade? That's very similar. And we get to talk about Rod Farrell again. Ah, ah no. I <laughs> okay. So Should we, we send him a letter? Courses? I will post them because I'm lazy. Do you, do you want Do you want to send Rod Farrell a letter? No, I don't. But he might, he might like some correspondence. He straight up killed someone's parents. I mean, but he might, you know. The only reason yeah. they got caught is because they ran out of gas on the way to New Orleans. I mean, yeah, but like. You know, you could send, we could send them a letter. <laughs> I don't know what you'd say. You can send a murderer a letter if you want to. I Yay! I got permission to send a murderer a letter. So, do you want to tell them what our next book is and, and what's happening here? Or do you want me to do it? I mean, I can, I can do it. Uh, at the uh, persistent and loud insistence of Baron Von Cheeseplate, recovering uh, Sir Gwen and the Green Knight, he will actually be joining us again on the show. I am excited to have him. So excited. And I'm excited. Oh, no, I'm not going to lie. I'm not excited about reading uh, Middle I'm English. I'm really excited that I need to order a copy of the correct edition that we discussed already. Um, yes. I am thrilled. And I'm so glad that, like, I casually have a friend of yours that I can steal to discuss this kind of stuff. So I haven't gotten yeah. to you are and you are you can keep him in that regard because i'm definitely reaching that like almost like you know peak point of like i don't want to talk about any old white people stuff again like i'm like there are some things that i want to talk about and then there's other things that it's like you could not pay me money to read canterbury tales again i hate it so much Christabel, yes, because you can do like some feminist shit with Christabel, but like you could not pay me to read Canterbury Tales again. Yeah, uh, that we've already done Beowulf. I mean, do you want to do Beowulf again sober? Because we were. I do really, not want to do it sober. Because we were really toasty. Because listen, my Icelandic Norwegian ancestors would be pissed if I did it sober. Okay, but do you want to do it less drunk? No. Okay. I'm t- <laughs> listen. Listen. Yes. I know that Samhain is not a traditional thing. Okay, in Irish is any is anything traditional? What is traditional? Popular and it's interesting. But I am celebrating the hell out of it because I don't feel like I'm like legally. Um, I am just enough Spanish without the 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 mix of native that I don't feel like I can legally do Dia de de los Muertos or Dia de Yeah, I don't. I don't feel comfortable doing it, but I will celebrate Oban. So I am leaning hardcore into my my Celtic and Scandinavian roots, and I'm doing a version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, There is mead in the fridge. 
Yes. Yeah, I, I fully support that. I'm the last person to tell you not to drink. We just uh, for, uh, our experiences with mead. Wait. <laughs> wait, do we actually remember them or does the recording remember for us? You know what? I tried to listen to that recording again. And it was just like, because every once in a while, because I'm a raging narcissist, I'll listen to old episodes. And it's like, what were we doing? But we were having a good time and that's what matters. Like, I think the Ethan Frome episode is still one of the best because I have no idea what we were doing, but we clearly had a good time. We were so mad that whole episode. Like, I have no clue what we were doing. I could not tell you what happened during that episode. But we had a fun time, and I guess that's what matters. <laughs> I just remember we were talking mad shit. Yeah, I just remember that we were very angry at Edith Wharton. I'm like, there was an article that I saw that like was trying to say nice things about her, and I almost sent it to you because they were trying to like say that she was ahead of her time and shit. And it's like, no, she was a racist bitch. Where can the good people find us? So we're all over social media, which is a blessing and a curse. Amen. Uh, we're at unfortunately required reading on Facebook, unfortunately mm-hmm. are, are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. unfortunately required on instagram and if you just like me and you're lazy unfortunately required reading.com you can connect everywhere else from there or if you want to send us a really weird email talk to us about the podcast tell us funny uh, i'm gonna no i'm gonna amend don't send us a weird email that doesn't sound that doesn't sound fun but anyway our email address is unfortunately required reading at gmail.com correct which I think we went as long and as detailed with words as possible so that people couldn't send us drunk emails. I mean, I actually, you know what? I wouldn't mind the occasional drunk email just as long as it's not like a drunk dick pic or something because then we have to show it on the internet. Then we're like contractually obligated to like dox your dick pics. If you send us a dick pic, we don't have any other option. Um, I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. I'm not trying to read our email for unfortunately required reading because I haven't looked at it in every once in a while I mean I I do that with my own problems in life too uh anyways you didn't hear me say that I'm coping we're doing great I'm coping don't tell my therapist I'm drinking wine I'll get upset uh he doesn't like that I drink alcohol and there's a part of me that understands and he's like, how much of this drinking is like, you know, you're trying to run away from your problems and how much of this is like, you just want to have a drink. And like his approach is, I rather you just not drink at all. He hasn't been like rude about it. He hasn't been like, oh, don't do that or I'll drop you as a patient. He just, he, he rather I not. But he also has like the most aggressive like dad energy in the entire world. So I feel very bad when I go against him, but not enough to stop. Evidently, we made a sale at some point in time, and it was the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern sticker. Fuck yes. Yes. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, so thank you guys uh, for listening. We hide on the internet because uh, existing is hard. Existing is hard, but we do what we can. You know what? I, I agree. We absolutely do. Uh, we do what we can, and we're here, and... You know, we're just doing stuff. Uh, we will see you in the next episode. Uh, but first, I have to thank our sponsors and our patrons uh, because without them, 
uh, this show would not be possible. If you'd like to join their esteemed and hallowed ranks, you may do so at anchor.fm slash unfortunately required reading. Your, ma- your monetary support is not mandatory, but it is greatly appreciated. Uh, we will continue to do this show at least until we get bored, um, <laughs> which hasn't happened in three years. Which is kind of surprising sometimes because we yeah, both short attention spans. We really do. Like we both, also we both do 60 million things. Like yeah. we, we're both very, very like active busybodies. So it's quite funny that we've managed to sustain this for almost three years. Uh, let us know if you guys have any good ideas for what we need to do for episode 100 because that's sneaking up on us. Uh, right? Right? Uh, that's sneaking up on us. And uh, you know what? I, I feel like I say it every episode, but the, the pandemic is not over just because you're over it. You are not fully vaccinated. There is literally no excuse for you not to be Um if you are fully vaccinated and are eligible for a booster shot, go ahead and get that. Uh, I'm probably getting mine pretty soon because I don't want to die, or at least not this way. Tori, you know the instructions on if I were to die in an unceremonious way, you are to tell the coroner to write mauled by bear. You just get a thumbs up. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like that. Those are the instructions. All of my friends know it. If I'm to die unceremoniously, you are to inform the, cor- the coroner that my death certificate is to list mauled by bear. Does it matter if that happened in my living room by implication? I do not care. A bear just appeared. Schrodinger's bear. <laughs> All right, loves. Go to the library. Yeah. Pick up something from some bookstore, particularly just, local. Yeah, definitely support local books. Uh, also, because we are approaching our uh, anniversary month, we should probably do another charity thing, shouldn't we? Yes, we should. We'll have to think on it. Yeah, let us know if there's a particular charity uh, you want us to support. We're probably going to support a local bookstore or something with more than just us buying stuff from them. I mean, but there's any excuse to buy from Nowhere Bookshop other than my monthly book club thing. I yeah. will. <laughs> yeah, uh, please. You don't have to give me a reason to go to Nine Lives. I don't need an excuse, uh, but it is greatly appreciated. Uh, stay safe out there, guys. Uh, and for the love of God, go read a book.